Hi everyone, thank you very much for tuning in again to the podcast. Um, before we start this conversation with Casey, I just wanted to mention a couple of things. It's Casey's birthday today on the day I'm releasing this, so uh, happy birthday Casey. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Um, also to say that we've got a few videos coming up, one with uh, a taxi driver in London, which is very exciting for me. He's a YouTuber as well and a, a great personality, Tom, and then also uh, Greg Cropper from England Touch. So uh, those two coming up. Uh, I also wanted to mention that uh, for those of you who have followed this journey, thank you so much again. I uh, really appreciate all the nice comments and support that you've given me. Uh, if you have constructive feedback, positive or negative, let me know. Uh, please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And also, if you can leave reviews on the uh, on the podcast platforms uh, in iTunes or wherever you're listening to it, that really helps actually get the message out. It seems that um, this podcast has caused some people to feel inspired which is which is great uh, to be honest I didn't really know the reasoning behind doing it in the first place except to leave some interesting conversations for my daughters uh, in the future looking back at their daddy's life a bit um, but now it's actually uh, been a project that I've really really enjoyed and I'm continuing to enjoy having these conversations getting a little deeper into the mindsets of, of different interesting people um, so again if you have suggestions I'd love to hear them uh, thank you so much for the support and um, yeah enjoy this conversation with Casey bye hi you're listening to Wimbledon hosted by me Nick Ray Hi everyone, welcome back. I'm here with a great friend of mine this week, uh, Casey Y. He is over in Hong Kong, so we've set this up uh, at morning time here in Oslo on a Sunday, which means I've had to lock that door behind me because little people might run in and uh, interrupt the podcast. You may hear them as well if we're uh, if we're lucky, um, screaming and shouting and singing in the background. Uh, but my friend here, KC, I've known for many, many years. We worked together in EF. I know you've all heard a lot about EF in the past. And and thank you so much to those of you from EF and from my past years with EF who've been supporting this podcast and giving me nice comments and giving me feedback about it. Uh, I super appreciate it. And uh, I really hope you've enjoyed the conversations I've had with some of the legends of EF. And I have another legend of EF on the line. Uh, KCY oh. um, has worked for them for many, many years. He now no longer, like me, no longer works for them. Uh, so we can be harsh and, and nasty about them right now. I'm just joking. Uh, and uh, Casey and I were great friends. We lived in the same country a few times during our time in with, with the company. Right. And uh, we were also gym partners, so we would go to the gym together and um, rock it out with big weight sets to Whitney Houston or Mariah Carey, that's oh, right. Uh, yeah. So we have some fun in the past. He is literally the only man in the world who I have kissed on the lips uh, with tongues, so that's uh, an admission for me. Um, before yeah. we get too worried, audience, uh, it was right in front of my wife, uh, or my girlfriend then, who became my wife, so uh, there, there was Full disclosure there was nothing uh you know on uh, nothing uh, unfaithful about that moment <laughs> it was also the first time i ate sushi so uh double whammy all right I'm, with all of that intro all of that done and said i'm going to pass you over to kc to introduce himself kc if you can tell us a little bit about yourself where you're at and maybe a bit about your journey because uh, i think it's a very interesting journey we're going to jump more into it but uh just tell us about where you're at right now and uh, and how you got there yeah well Nice to see you again, Nick. And uh, hi, guys. My name is Casey. And uh, as Nick mentioned, we worked together in EF uh, for five years or a few years uh, back in Switzerland. And when Nick was in London, and then we worked 
not together, but we're based in the same office in Hong Kong uh, with EF. And uh, but during COVID, I was made redundant. And um, then I left EF last year in 2020. Uh, but now I'm currently working for a company called LHH, which is a part of Adeco company. Uh, it's an HR solution company. For my journey, I am local from Hong Kong, and also this is now in my flat in Hong Kong. Uh, I uh, I grew up in I was actually born in Macau, and then uh, studied grew up in Hong Kong, and then uh, EF was pretty much my first job, almost beside my uh, working in the bar uh, in Lan Kwai Fong. Uh, who, for those who know Hong Kong, uh, used to work in a bar uh, called Club 97 uh, in, uh, in Hong Kong. And then before I joined EF, uh, with EF, I got the experience to live abroad to different cities. So I live in Hong Kong, I live in Beijing, Shenzhen, I live in Tokyo, in Zurich, where I met Nick. And I also did the cat sitting for Nick. And um, uh, then I live in Oxford. I lived in London last year before I was made redundant. And now I'm back to Hong Kong, uh, 100% living in Hong Kong, not traveling. Uh, life has uh, been crazy uh, working for EF because you just, you're just never home. Uh, you're always traveling, you're always going to meeting, you're always meeting new people. Where my new job is basically uh, in one place in Hong Kong, uh, meeting HR stakeholder with a Fortune 500 company and uh, talking about solution, what they need to, what we can help them, going what they are going to go through, uh, what sort of redundancy or what sort of uh, support they need, then I uh, gave them solution. Very different from what I used to do in EF. And, uh, and also that I feel that this is a, uh, a very different path I'm going to because EF is a B2C company and now I'm doing B2B. Yeah. Yeah, like oh, me, we, we, we both we, we both changed to uh, we both changed to B two B environments, so right. very different, right. uh, yeah. and 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 made some massive career switches. And we're going to talk about that actually, because I know that you, having worked for the company for such a long time, and it was right. the first sort of main company you worked for, I suppose. Uh, it's yeah. it, it was a, a a heck of a shift for you to 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 leave and to change into something different, but um, yeah. But just things happen for a reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely, and and we're going to get into that. So um, just to back up a little bit, I think uh, I mean I was I was kind of joking when I said about kissing, although you are the only man I've ever kissed, and uh, and it wasn't a romantic kiss. It was I'm a honor. It was a little bit of a dare or a little bit of a I can't believe you've never kissed a man. <laughs> and my now wife said the same thing, so uh, whatever. Um, but uh, she still married you. <laughs> she still married me, and and we made beautiful children as well. So all's well that ends well. No, but I I wanted to sort of address that as well because I think what the first thing I think you ever said to me was, "Hi, I'm Casey, and I'm very gay." And uh, I'd never, never heard the expression "very gay" before, and I'd never sort of been confronted in that way of like oh here we are this is the announcement and um and i think that that uh, was was a very fun memory for me but also something which i think you know you're you're you were kind of um you talk about being the very gay sort of chinese man sort of thing and i'm i'm interested to talk a little bit about that as well uh, a bit later about the mm. challenges of being in quite a relatively conservative culture uh and right. and having that uh you know sexual preference and and uh, or sexual orientation sorry not preference it's an orientation um and and how how that affected you because i think for me from my 
from my guess or my my uh, my intuition tells me that EF was a very good company for you because it's a very open-minded company and very, uh, very liberal, yeah. progressive and 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 obviously international. So you you got to be who you wanted to be in a very safe environment, I suppose. But right. Uh, but was that anything to do with your choice of EF or what, like how was it growing up in in a relatively conservative culture like that and and how did you sort of approach that challenge is that why you ended up yeah. with EF do you think or was it something else uh well okay first of all let me address that first uh, this is still all, uh, the broadcast of Build to Win so I will eventually get to that um, but I think <laughs> that what I but what I uh, what how I behave uh, when I first met you uh, Nick I think that also lead to Gonna relate it back to the topic build to win as well. Um, I think for me, um, um, the culture of the EF company is very, um, they are just very open-minded. And it gave me, when I was back in one of my early 20, I felt that the company accepted whoever they meet as long as they can do a good job. It doesn't mean, it doesn't matter where you found, it doesn't matter what you like or what you love what gender you are going after, but they just they just like you if you can deliver. And I think that um, like both the CEO, um, Eva, and also like all of my managers, they never even even bother, like including one of my local managers, like Joe Man, she never doesn't even care. She, as long as you can deliver and we, we can even joke about things. I think that to me, uh, it sounds, very common to the Western world, but in a lot of local Asian company, I think it's still a taboo. Uh, mm -hmm. That, but having this thing that sexuality and your your will you hidden, actually you can't really be yourself. And I just never, I can't really see myself delivering a hundred percent if I can't even be myself. I think that really EF gave me a really good platform to just really express who I am. Um, uh, and I think that also make EF where they are, I mean, where they were before COVID, because I think COVID uh, hated. I mean, few other guests that in the in the in the in the broadcast I mentioned, right? Uh, mm. But I think be before COVID, I think EF was such a strong trend. Uh, I think part of it because they don't care where you from, your if you can uh, if you're a girl or, or or man, like female or male. I mean, we have a lot of female in the, our company in like management, and I think that the CEO Ava Iris, they are all female, right? So I think that that really created a really comfortable environment for people um, on your, your whether you're gay or straight or bisexual, lesbian, or woman, man, as long as you can deliver, then if you have the ability, then they just, they just take you as you are and then uh, give you tasks that, that you always say that they always give you a bigger hat to wear. And then you just grow your head and then you then give you a bigger head. I think that that to me uh, is never been issues. And knowing that I also have friends who work in the government in Hong Kong. And they never talk about this sort of thing mm. because it's just not, it's still a taboo, like taboo, taboo in Hong Kong. Um, uh, it's still relatively um, conservative. But I think that uh, uh, because I can just be open, then when I feel that I'm accepted, then I would just do whatever because I just like the culture. Mm. And especially when you're in Hong Kong or in Asia, that a lot of these things are not given, this flexibility. So then you just, ah, oh, I just really like this culture and I really want to contribute more because I like the culture. 
I think that is sort of one of the things that the, my previous company, Yoku, previous company, EF, have done really well. It's just be very diverse and it's not even, they don't even call it diversity inclusion it's because it's just there, mm. right? Because I think in the back, like in the recent year, people start talking about it and company like law firm, bank, they started making things about it. I think because it wasn't there, because it just is such a taboo to talk about, now they really wanted to put something on paper, they're doing something about it. Mm. And then I think that's why people talk about it more. But I think one thing I do appreciate is that EF doesn't even talk about it. It's just there. Yeah. It's not an issue. Right. I know they're starting to make some campaigns about the, the, the number of women and women empowerment. Of course, at the moment, I think it's now women's month or, or something like the international women's month or right, something and right. uh, so they're making a lot of uh, a lot of noise about that rightfully because uh, they do have a lot of women in in those positions but i guess hopefully no one thinks i was crass in 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 talking about kissing you and bringing that up right at the beginning because no no as I, well, I think as well for me your sexuality is of no meaning to me beyond it's a part of your identity that you know is very strong very gay <laughs> you know but I, but I, as you know i love you as a friend and i couldn't care less whether you like men women or anything else in between i uh i i i, I the reason i brought it up i think it's interesting because of that conservative culture and those challenges that mm. you must face and in terms of wind building i think uh, you're absolutely right. I think EF made a good uh, strategical choice in a way to be, or, and whether or not it was a choice or just because it was a Swedish company and they have very progressive views, but that gave them the opportunity as well to attract lots of different people, which of course benefits them because attracting lots of different people helps with that diversity, but also helps them grow globally and internationally because you may attract people who perhaps aren't uh, aren't able to go to other companies because they don't feel comfortable and 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 the flip side of that is making people feel very comfortable is extremely positive so, yeah uh, no. exactly i i think i want to just chip in for that is that now i work for so many different fortune 500 companies they all have this diversity and inclusion uh divisions and um but i think one thing that different is that i try to move away from just talking about ef because um i think that you have audience that's not working for ef they probably don't really know what ef is about Sometimes. but i think that um the company that i uh, i'm dealing with right now they are pushing for this um dni is that because they don't actually have that enough mm -hmm. in the in the dna they really want to inject something uh but it takes time so people are talking about it but the, the company who are doing it when they're posting something on the um, on the uh, on the LinkedIn? You know that they are just doing it. They are only in the beginning of the journey. Mm. Where company who are already so day to day used to it in their blood in the DNA, they it's almost like what do you mean about this? Because we've been doing this, like EF, say for example, right? Mm. And um, and I, I and I think that um, I think DNI is such a new term that in the past few years it's starting to get really like really popular uh, diversity inclusion and now sustainability all of these but company who are running this and they 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 i really hope that the more company who have actually those experience actually maybe share more but not just the company who was running this campaign i hope it's not just a campaign for some company uh, i recently met up with the uh, chief of staff from uh, richmond uh, in uh, asia pacific and he is now the uh, dni dni uh, head 
And uh, but Richmond is such a diversity company as well, right? Mm. And they actually have a division to actually make sure that that happen. So I think for me, if company are really pushing for the uh, inclusion, inclus inclus uh, diversity inclusion, they really need to invest on it and really not just a a, a, a campaign. Mm. They it has to be something uh, a system that who set people, including women and gay and whatever transgender. To set them up for success, I think that is more solid than just having a campaign to push for it because campaign lasts for six months. Yeah, I think. Uh, but going back to me, because today is about me, <laughs> I think that uh, um, I think I really wanted to address that when I told you that I'm very gay, which I am. Uh, but I think that um, I think that was me in the younger version that I really want to challenge people that like take me as I am. If you don't like that, then it's fine. I don't need to be your friend. And I think that's uh, that also. Um, I really treasure people who I'm still talking right now, and you, Nick, are one of them. And uh, your last guest um, in the podcast, Matt Stansback, is one of my best friends as well. I think that uh, people who really knows me knows me, and I think that I don't. I mean, gay can always have this stereotype. It's just like dressing as a woman, really flamboyant. I don't dress up as a woman. I could be very flamboyish. But um, but I think that uh, but I you know me I have this super gay Casey White but I also have my work Casey that I'm very serious about what I do, um, but I don't really necessarily show that side of me mm. uh, to a lot of people because to me I don't think that I need to show that side of me to a lot of people, but uh, but I think that people who work with me or people who are really my good friend then we talk about life we talk about challenges uh, I think I share with you. Um, Feel my challenges uh, when you're living in Hong Kong, and I think that that I would only share in the way that I'm still quite close to people that I only that I really trust. I don't really share that side of myself mm. to a lot of people. Mm. Yeah, so a lot of people still see the happy Casey, but not the deep conversation Casey White that what we had in your flat in Hong Kong. Yeah, the way I see it, I think uh, there's a lot of depth to you. Uh, and there's many, many layers. And, and I think that, uh, yeah, you're, you, I, my sort of subsequent impressions of you and, and now I know you pretty well, uh, of course, there's that front, which is I'm this super fun, positive, energetic guy and I'm happy to be who I am and I'm happy, you know, if you take me as I am, then we can be friends and, and, and you're, you're very good friends and you're very popular with lots and lots of people. Then, of course, you have you have depth because there's more to you. I mean, uh, not not everyone will know that you collect Lego men figurines, for example. And I've been to I a do. Lego shop with you to, to, to buy Lego <laughs> men figurines. And I think I even did I get I got you one made, I think. One you time. got me a tailor-made Lego mini figure. I actually have it in my uh, in my drawer. So Casey has. I should have to take it with me. How many do you have now? A thousand or something? Or I've like... got five thousands. Or five, more? No, more than five thousand now. Five thousand yeah. minifigures. Okay, there you go. So you do not have a huge flat in Hong Kong, right? <laughs> Of course, of course. Uh, to anyone listening who doesn't know, Hong Kong flats are not big, and uh, it's extremely expensive real estate there. So that was a. Yeah, and I don't have a big flat. Casey has a warehouse <laughs> for his figurines. Exactly, I do have a warehouse. <laughs> right. 
so yeah. so yeah so there's there's things like that and I, I think also there's a there's a part of you which is extremely structured and there's also a part of you which is extremely neat tidy you know you don't like any dirt in your apartment you don't like any kind of mess or things uh so uh you know there's there's a lot of depth and, and those um i guess personality traits or or parts of your personality don't shine through at first because you're quite private about some of those things and i i think that's an interesting part of you is you 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 presented with you decided in you have to present with a certain personality to i guess put people at ease as well and that did it made people feel very uh, comfortable it makes people feel very friendly towards you what i'm interested by as well is though i saw an evolution of casey over the time we've known each other and mm. uh, and i think you know obviously as you mentioned that was when you were younger and it, we, we were both younger it like <laughs> i think it was what 12 13 years ago something like that it was a long time ago <laughs> yeah pretty uh, much yeah. different lives almost but uh but that oh my God, yes. that that uh maturity and also confidence i think it, it's interesting to me uh, and i want to ask you about it it's like how you've seen yourself develop and how you've had to adjust that because you were so kind of splat in your face i'm casey i'm this type of energized personality fun you know i'm uh, the, the 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 small chinese gay guy kind of like you made those sort of comments and yeah like, in theory, and, then, in theory. and then suddenly you know now you're a manager now you've got lots of responsibility and you've got you know you've got people reporting to you and you've got teams and 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 you have to have some difficult conversations and you have to have some more serious serious talks how did you find yourself in terms of transitioning from like how you present in this i guess earlier casey to what you are now well i would say it was not an easy journey uh, i think that um, um i am a people person people person make me as a people manager people manager means that you like to be liked you want to be popular but when you're a manager or you're leading a team, you have to make decisions that may not necessarily become a popular choice, or you need to make decisions that actually make upset people, mm. right? So what I learned is that um, I think that I always want people to like me because I always believe that if people like me, they will be aligned with me, things will be easier. But but in the same time, when you grow older, um, I wouldn't say that just because you're older, but I think that from experience, then you just learn from your life experience that you do know that like sometimes to to be able to move things fast or move forward, then you just need to make the decision and with people who believe in you or support you. But in the same time, you do have 40% or sometimes 50% who doesn't believe in it. Mm. But you need to just believe that this is what I want to achieve. This is what I want to achieve with the team. And if the team understand at the end that this is for the team sake, then I would just say, let's just do this. Mm. But I think that to, to go back to how I transition is that I think one thing is confidence is definitely one with experience. I think that um, when you have less experience, you just want to be like, then you just do whatever to be like. Mm. But then I think life experience taught me is one thing that um, uh, you don't need to be liked by everybody. You don't need to please everybody to, to get to where you are. Uh, would be nice. I don't want to win. One of the, I think one of the things I want to talk about later is that I don't want to win if I'm just winning on my own. Mm -hmm. I want to win with the team. Um, I also don't want to put people in a difficult situation when I'm winning. Um, so that may not necessarily be a, line, uh, a saying, but actually to me, 
I want to be, I want people to be happy. But in the same time, when you're making a business decision, sometimes this decision may affect to people that may make them unhappy. Mm. But you just need to. I. But one thing I learned is that as long as you know this is good for everybody, uh, in the bigger picture, then then I will go for it. Then I think that also makes me think deeper. Then I then make me be a little bit more careful or reserved on how I. Make my first impression. Mm. Like Nick, you mentioned that this is my my first impression to you is that my name is Casey. I'm very gay. That is completely fine. I would never change that because we met each other from this scenario. Mm. But imagine if I become, say, a president. Then if you, if I have someone who came came to the press to talk about me like that, they may not come across as a very positive thing about Casey. Why? Mm. Right. So, but I'm not a president, right? So it's okay. But um, but I think that uh, if I would go back, turn back time, would I do the same thing? I would because that's how we met. I would never change that. I would never trace anything uh, from the fact that this is uh, how how we met. But uh, but if I would meet another friend that I want to build relationship with a close friends relationship with, I would never do. I would not do that again. I met somebody um, who is in the diversity inclusion uh, segment. I really like her, and I really want to be her fan, and we really get on. I, I actually, in fact, I have brunch with her earlier. Her, her name is Mia. Hopefully, maybe she will be one of your guests later. Um, when we met, we were just very calm, mutual respect, and just a grown-up conversation, not like crazy party, getting drunk. We did get drunk sometimes, but it's not like. I think different stages of life, then you just fine tuning. I would never say that I'm changing to become another person, but I'm just fine tuning myself to be who I am. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's part of life. That uh, again, build to win. I think that uh, I'm also building, building myself, not to be better, but actually fine tuning myself. Uh, the day I'm, I am talking today, not necessarily better than ten years ago. But I think that what I have in my brain probably I have a little bit more experience, so that I can actually process more. If I would say this, then what sort of image that I would come across by a person who just listened to the podcast for the first time and met me for the first time, and I don't want people to think that I'm a crazy Chinese person. Um, but ten years ago, I would because I want to make an impression. Yeah. But right now, I want to make an impression, but I want to make a good impression, not a crazy impression. But I think I think that's something interesting because I I actually can relate. Obviously, I don't present mm. as uh, you know I'm Nick and I'm very gay or anything like that. But I, uh, I I I did sort of have a specific way in which I tried to approach things, being you know presenting as mm. a certain personality and having you know a very fun, free spirited. You know, I'd make lots of jokes or try to make lots of jokes, which I know you didn't always find funny, but I I tried to make jokes. Uh, you do you do have some funny jokes. They were I dad agree. jokes before I was a dad. Let's put it like that. But uh, but but I think I have also had that challenge where people don't necessarily take you seriously based on that sort of uh, extrovert. Um, I, I guess breaking down the, the initial barriers right. of uh, it, and the easy yeah. way to do it is to present as this fun, easygoing person uh, and be that easygoing person. But obviously, when you become uh, a manager or when you become more senior uh, and you need to, to be taken more seriously, I, what I think is interesting is 
both of us had the challenge that we were in the same company for a long time and growing in that company alongside other managers and more senior managers mm. they often i think saw us as who we were when we started and 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 it's difficult to shake that first impression right uh, difficult to 100%. change so um, i mean have you found it easier in some ways since you left EF I know and we want to talk about the leaving EF as well because I know that you found that very difficult but like since you've left have you noticed any changes in the way that that uh, that affects the way you approach things or the the way you're taken um definitely of course I'll be lying if I say no Uh, I think that uh, in EF if you work for a company for such a long time it's very difficult for you to, for anybody to change that image from day one, mm-hmm. because people just see you who off, as you mentioned, as who you were 10 years ago. But in fact, you have grown up within the company and you have seen so much more, not just within the company, but is in terms of life experience as well, because we, we do have a life outside of the work, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we go out, we, we see, we travel, and we talk to different people. And I think that, um, it, I think that would, but I think that uh, um, for me right now, I think it's easier because I'm just a white paper to my new company. I I I would build my own image from day one. Where in EF, I think that uh, or anybody who, if you work for any company, but if you work there for not necessarily ten years, but like three years, but how do you actually shape people? to change the image that you first, like the first impression, because you never, you can never change your first first impression, right? Mm. So, but if you are, but people listening to the podcast probably have the experience that they're probably not 20 years old, I don't know. But I think that if you're 20 years old, I would say that uh, don't change yourself. Don't be, don't just be who you are, because that's who you are. And you will meet people who will support you. Mm. Like Nick, you're one of them, right? I only have 10 people in my, like, I, I think I call you when I leave, was leaving EM. I told you I only have 15 people I call. You're one of them. Um, but you will meet people along the way who will support you and see through the different layers. And I can, when you said that I've done so many different layers, I'm not the only person who have different layers. We all have different layers of personality, mm. right? We are human beings, so we should have more than just one personality and one type of presentation. Um, so I think that if you are new or young, just don't change the way you, you talk because that would become unnatural. Then just know who you are and then you will not meet the true friend that you you will want to go along with you and building the future and winning team with you, right? Mm-hmm. And the one who are working for the company for some years, I think that also don't change, just fine tune yourself. And you don't need to tell people that I, I'm changing. I'm, I'm not going to be that gay, gay Casey White. I'm going to be this professional Casey White. That also comes unnatural as well. Mm. I think that the people can see through you when you are fine-tuning yourself. Yeah. You just need to... For me, I used to... I still talk a lot, but I try to do more active listening. I try to listen more. I try not to speak before I finish my processing in my brain. Um, I try to... Um, observe than actually just being the spotlight mm. and if you are doing it constantly and with uh, not just in two days again you don't need to have a campaign for yourself if you're doing it as you are that means if you're so blind into it then people can actually feel that yeah that's how i see it 
Yeah. Um, I think you, you don't want to change that for a second, and then you just have it as a campaign. Then no, people don't take you seriously. Yeah, you're talking about authenticity, I think, and and you know trust and authenticity are, are key elements to win building, but also just to generally, mm. I think, our human condition right now. You know, we we we're, we're craving authenticity. I think that's part of the reason podcasts are becoming popular or have become popular is because genuinely it's an authentic conversation that's what always what i'm striving for here uh but yeah. i think being but you talk about authentic, authenticity is different i'm gonna just have a little i'm gonna go into that a little bit more because you, it's easy to talk about that but when you come to work in environment you want to be natural you want to be authentic but at the same time when there's so many different kpi so many different layers in the hierarchy then you suddenly thought oh maybe i should be this Mm. I should be that. I need to act like this. So I think that I think it's still you can still be that wearing that hat, but you still be you. Yes. So I think that's super important to be to be able to achieve more at life, and also that uh, achieving winning is not just about one KPI. It's so many things. Yeah. Well, I yeah, think for me, having long, long, long friends, friendship, good, authentic. True friendship is one of the things that I treasure we the most. Uh, one of the things. So I think that for me, besides like many figures um, and watches, I think that is one thing that I really care about, um, and I don't want to lose that as well. Sorry, I, I, I didn't. You. I didn't mention your watches because I thought I, that's even more private. I thought because I I'd known you for so long before you mentioned anything about watches. But yes, Casey also collects very nice watches as well, and is a total nerd on watches. Uh, and it, yeah, dude, not even wearing one. I um, yeah, I uh, I need some advice from you actually afterwards. <laughs> well, you know, I'm in your podcast. I need to at least be be honest, right? So yeah. I, I can't just be uh, pretend. No, so I need I, to at least uh, be very open about it. No, I appreciate it. I, I I think yeah, the authenticity. I think just to your point about you know advice to people and and being being themselves um, and not trying to be something different. But I think you can still think carefully about what do I want what do I want to achieve you know what is the win for me what is the thing I want to achieve and if you're very ambitious and you want to be CEO of a company or president or whatever it is or you you want to grow as a manager or you have specific ambition I think it's totally fine to, to sort of think through well what what would it take for me to get there and part of that will be you know who needs to take me seriously here and how do I need to therefore approach that relationship doesn't mean I need to change who I am but maybe change some of my behaviors in to make sure that I'm taken seriously by that person and I think that's something I've Fine seen you do, uh, over right. time uh, you know you definitely you know your first impression with me is definitely this kind of like break down the barrier <laughs> of like any kind of like this is who I am like splat I'm Casey Bang. I'm gonna you know, and I'm going to try I'm and kiss you kind of thing. Like, you know, those kind exactly. of jokes. Like... In my tongue, in your tongue. <laughs> I tongue in your tongue. Exactly. No, but, I'm but, sorry, but, this is maybe PG-13. <laughs> yeah, maybe we need to put a, a, a rating on this podcast. No, but I, I, I think then, then I've seen that development over time and we've talked about it even. But um, I think that happens to a lot of people. And, and being your authentic self, but being able to sort of uh, uh, also adjust slightly the way you approach certain situations is totally fine as well you can still be authentic 
and not you know and not have to present as you do to everybody else it's it's still you can mm. still retain your your authentic self and i think that's again something you learn with with time and and, and yeah as you get more yeah. experience but uh and, and maturity perhaps but uh my, my dad used to say we never really grow old we just learn how to act. we never really mature we just learn how to act in public <laughs> Right. Never I think uh, people who are, I agree, when, when you are younger, just allow yourself to be young and um, don't, you, need to, you don't need to pretend to be very mature because yeah. you will eventually get to that stage. And uh, sometimes I met people along the way, then they are quite young, they always act like they are so professional and mature. I, I actually, to me, it's a, it put me off. I just don't want to be close to those people. And where people are young, I can still see the force, then okay, then I help you, you know, mm. uh, but everybody's different. And some people who just want to be number one, then they want to be flawless to everybody, which is fine. I don't have any problem with it. And if you are really that flawless, uh, but I think that you don't need to pretend to be perfect when you are not. I mean, I definitely not perfect. And, um, and I think that be able to allow people to come help you. Uh, I know that it's not necessarily all of the company are allowed that happen, but I think that um, allow people to see the the, the vulnerable sides of you, and um, and true friend. I mean, friendship is very important to me. I think that if they are really caring, if they really care about you, they would come to tell you. If you said something wrong, and people would come to tell you, hey, I think that what you just said is maybe not right. Then then you know people actually these people care about me they want me to do to do well where if you just had a perfect form 24 7 which is good if that's who you are but i think that uh, i haven't met anybody who are 24 7 perfect form yet but then if you are setting up such a high bar then it's difficult for you i think that you just become very i mean you have so much stress like moving on so that's how i see it I, I, I absolutely agree. And I think surrounding yourself by trusted mentors or trusted, you know, friends can be mentors Coach. as well, but trusted people who, 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 who you value the opinion of and you, you trust the opinion of and who are prepared to give you that opinion and you're prepared to hear mm. that opinion. That is so important for, for developing and bettering, not just in yeah. sort of personal life, but also professional life uh, and even as businesses. Um, I, I actually I, I sort of wanted to take the opportunity as well given that you've experienced um the world i suppose with all of your living in different places but also china and uh and, and hong kong and um mm. I, I don't really want to approach all the political stuff because that's very sensitive but more around the cultural stuff in terms of education and just to your point there about being perfect because i was thinking about it when you were saying it like that mm. i'm sure you uh, well, I know you know people and, and have sort of seen uh, the, the, a lot of the way the education system works in, in, Asia, in various Asian countries. In where, Asia in general. Where, where the bars set so high and often the pressure to be the top, be the number one is so high that there's that, that, that uh, some kids unfortunately are falling through the cracks in terms of, you know, they're, they're, they're not performing to their parents' expectations or whatever. Uh, what is your experience there and what's are you seeing changes in in those things with with china or with hong kong or with the way the education systems are working and changing and adapting um not necessarily sadly i think that the asian in general i think parents it's just they really set up 
the the kid for success, meaning that they would just do whatever they can mm. to. I mean, this is on my own point of view, of course. Um, mm. To try to help the kid, I think there's a lot of media talking about this and trying to have a balance. But I think that Asia and Hong Kong is such a competitive city.、Um, I mean, you're talking about very high price property market, and I mean, you need to basically when you、uh, it's almost like when you I mean HSBC had an ad like TV ad five six years ago or ten years ago saying that if you want to have a kid, it's about three million、uh, mm-hmm. for you to have a kid. Hong Kong. They already set up a, a price tag, a Hong Kong dollar, right? Yeah. And now it's one million US to if you want to have a kid, then you need if you want to have a kid from the date of birth, and then when they go finish university, it's about seven million,、mm. uh, Hong Kong, which is seven million. Um, sorry, one one million US dollar. Uh, and I think that when you um educated the way it is in Hong Kong as a parents, then okay, you have a kid. I want the kid to be successful because I want my kid to be better. I think one thing that I've seen, like your kid and my relative kid, they are very different. I think that your kid is more like、uh, free spirit. Then I mean, you still want them to do well, but I think that your intention, they have the same intention, but I think that the 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 setup is very different.、Mm-hmm. And I think that、um, in Hong Kong, it's more like you need to do A B C D E F G、um, classes outside of school because I'm going to all of these. You have all these classes and hobby,、uh, not because you should like those hobby or you pick the hobby you like, but because that would be helping you for interview. But that's why the tuition center is so popular in Hong Kong because they are all they are not teaching anything new. They are just teaching you how to memorize question and Q and A、mm. for examination, right? So I feel like everything in, I mean, from my point of view, what I've seen is that you are setting up for success. For the interview,、mm. where I feel that you and some of my friends who also have kids, they want to set up the kid for success, for their own success, whatever they, that is.、Mm. Where in Hong Kong, there's a clear KPI is that I want you to be successful for the high school interview or the kindergarten interview, the pre,、uh, primary school interview or university in- interview. Because if you don't get into the interview, if you don't win, then you get you're not gonna go into that school. So I think that's a very clear difference from all of the the city that I live in. I think that when I talk to parents, friends who are who are parents, I feel like that's a main difference that they they really want the kid to do well in the interview. Yeah. Because when you win the interview, eventually you go to the school, and then eventually you if you go to the good school, eventually you go to a good company. You work in a good company.、Mm. Where I feel that.、Um, Some of my friends who are Western educated or actually not non Asian, they want the kid to be happy,、mm. uh, which is the going back to the you want your kid to be happy. But it doesn't mean that my other local friends or in Hong Kong friend they don't want the kid to be happy, but they want them to have a good future. So therefore,、uh, the future is very clear. That it's a good job, have a house or have a flat with a car, married. It's already like preset,、yeah. where I think that、uh, in Europe is more free spirit still. Yeah, it, I think it's really interesting. It's、uh, definitely you know most 
well, most parents anywhere in the world want their kid want the best for their kids. Of course, there are some, ex- course, some idiot exceptions, but <laughs> but that's definitely not the point of this podcast. But uh, but they're, they're, I think everyone's but looking. De- for... Define success, right? Define what is win. Exactly. I and think I, that um, I think an yeah. interesting sort of side note to that because I know that a lot of, especially a lot of Westerners, are ready to criticize you know Asian education for those things and and the rote learning and things. And I, I've been there myself where I've felt you know it's not. I, I personally think there's there's something in the middle, but one byproduct of that style of education or that style of emphasis on 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 setting yourself up for success in the interview, which I completely agree with, um, mm. is that actually from an early age, kids learn the value of being competitive, and there, and I believe there is value in understanding that. I I don't know. And I, you know, I would love to hear your thoughts in the comments below. <laughs> uh, but I don't know if it, at what age is the best age to, to sort of begin that and whether or not, uh, you know, it's necessary so early in life. But I definitely think there's value in understanding that and understanding also how to temper your your competitive, uh, you know, your, your, the way in which you approach competition and, and, and being competitive. But I and, remember, uh, and the preset value as well is the right? expectation from the parents. It's the yeah. preset expectation from the parents as well, right? Yeah. And what is the preset expectation? Because the expectation from parents is also preset by the parents. It's a very very deep conversation and journey because because the parent was set up like that, so they also want to do the same for the kid. And then when the kid grow up, then they get married, and then they also have the same journey and the path, yeah. right? So I think it's a very, very long journey. Oh, yeah. And I think that's where that's the flip side where I think it's possibly negative because I I think as the world changes and technology develops and changes, the way in which jobs change, you know, the jobs that they'll be doing, it's very clear the jobs that kids today will be doing in 10, 20, 30 years time uh, are very, very different, unimaginably different from what we have now. And if, right. if you know, the, the intent of a parent is that I want my kid to be a lawyer because that pays well, well, that, that could very well be extremely different in the future. So I think there's, there's mm. for me, there's there's positives, but there's also some some negatives towards that education style. But I was, yeah, I'm, I think it's from the parents I met over in, in different Asian countries I worked in, there was definitely some that were t- t- changing mindset and looking for some balance somewhere in between. Um, because there's the flip side, which is something I also don't agree with, which is, you know, participation trophies for every kid. You know, like there's everyone's a winner. Uh, there's no counting the score on the goals in a in a football game because, you know, they don't want kids to be upset. And I think right. there's for me, I, I'm not a big fan of that style. I think, you know, I, I understand I don't I don't sort of have some, you know, extreme reaction to it, but I, I, I definitely think there's there's value in, in, in celebrating when you do well at something. I think it's important to set goals around what constitutes a win. Uh, and a, right. a participation trophy, should, you know, is not defined as a win. It's just well done. You participated. It's sort of, you know, right. It, it should be encouraged. It didn't take necessarily much effort to participate if especially if your parents took you there to to you know mm. in the car and dumped you on the field with your football boots on <laughs> uh, yeah exactly it takes courage and you you got to do something which maybe 
you wanted to do you want you know you strived for that that win whatever it was um, mm. so i think there's a, there's a balance there's a balance there um i i i must ask you a bit about uh this this challenges because i know you you also wanted to talk about that in terms of sort of leaving ef after god how many years was it you were you were a, a, a student with ef at first so yeah was i was you were, what, yeah i worked for ef for 18 years yes uh, i was 17 when i joined ef as a language program and i think that that really ef really opened my eyes my vision and i think that the, the way i talk today i would say thanks to ef and uh in fact i was um I'm still talking to Iris, our, our the president in EF, and also Eva, um, and I. They are still very kind to me, and I think that, uh, I mean, people, we talk about it, and uh, I think EF is going for such a challenge because of COVID, and I I don't hold anything against anybody because I think that if I if you would be investing money to the company and the company is losing money because of COVID, then I'll probably would do something about it as well. So, but uh, let's focus on. The journey when I uh, when I say goodbye when uh, my managers give me a call uh, end of April last year and I you know what I was quite well she called me on Wednesday and I signed everything on Thursday everything done by Friday and I didn't make any fuss about it because you know what it is what it is and I was managing the school in London and I have seen people um, it was just student leaving right so. For me, it wasn't like, oh my God, I what do I do now? I mean, of course, eventually I got into this situation, situation where I didn't know what I should be doing. But again, that go back to the people that I met along the way when I was because I was so authentic about myself. And I met people who appreciate me being me. And I also like, I think that I, we talked as well during that time. We, we have a few calls and I talked to a lot of people. A lot of people helped me. And I think that the, for, for those who are looking for jobs, I think that uh, don't just be on your own in your dark hole in your flat. I think that go out, reach out to people. Uh, I I don't know if I told you, but I'm always very open about me being made redundant. I, I'm not ashamed of it, honestly. Mm. I mean, I know that it happened because of COVID. And I don't promote that, but I also, I'm not ashamed of it. So I tell people, yes, that's what happened. And during the interview, I had a few interview. And I told people, you know, I yes, I was made redundant because of the situation. Mm. And people are very open and okay with it because being made redundant and being fired is two things. So I, 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 I don't have a problem with me being made redundant. Mm. And I don't, don't think you have a problem either. Um, so then um, I was really using my network that I, I, the people that I know and people that I met. And I mean, Matt stands back and we have so many good, smart kind people in the company who used to work there still working there and i really talked to them a lot and it really helped me to not necessarily move me to the next stage but actually just get me off all of the frustration and sadness and makes few feeling and uh, i think that uh, then once i gone through that stage then i eventually um i also uh, quite realistic i i was setting up a uh, excel file and I asked a few friends, like, how many interviews, how many CV have you sent and how many interviews did you get? So I come up with the ratio. Okay, before COVID, it was 70, roughly, CV that you sent and you get one to three interviews. Okay, that means that I probably need to do double in order to get the same numbers. Uh, the number wasn't, is actually not that far off. Uh, I have 110 CV sent, I have six interviews, I have 
two, three jobs offer. And at the end, I took this job uh, because I, I felt I connected to the job, uh, to, 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 to the company. And I think that um, uh, I also reach out to people constantly. I'm still talking to people and I'm thankful to these people that will help me out. Um, I think that uh, I always see that it's that leaving one job that you work for a long time Long time define long time as well, right? For me, 16, 18 or 10 years for you, it's a long time. But for some people, they would tell me they work for a company for five years. It's a long time for them. Mm. So I think that not necessarily five, 10 or 20, 25. I think that when you work for the company for such a long time and you, that happened to you, it's a big shift on your mental situation mm. because you don't know what to do. And everything that you have done, your value is stick with that company. Uh, for me, it's just finishing one chapter, moving on to the next chapter. And uh, I think that's to me. And, and also, you never say never. And um, you never know. I'm not that I'm saying that I'm going back to EF, but I just think that I still hope that EF would do well. And you never know. One day, maybe you and I will work in EF again. You just <laughs> never know. Um, um, but, but I, not I, a definite, but... I think, I think it's... Because it's, it, it was interesting. We did talk when it, when it was happening to you. And I remember... Right. I remember, you know, it was a big knock to you. And I think it takes time. It's a big knock to anyone, you know, especially when you have so much invested in, in terms of loyalty and, and energy you've put into a company. I've, I felt similar and I hadn't worked for as long. I've worked for 14 years, though, so it's still quite a long time. And I put a lot of effort and work and, and sort of uh, energy into, into the company. And I felt, I guess, uh, um, some sort of... Um, part of a little bit my part of my personality was was linked to the way in which the company went you know or I, there was it was bits of me that that uh, I, I, um, I felt were part uh, yeah represented well with me and I think yeah. that's probably the same for you so there was a big <clears throat> it was almost like a, a bit of a self-esteem issue or whatever when when, mm. when, it, when it came to it I think it's yeah. interesting that you seemingly came up with the very structured you know, Excel, the job search structure, that, that, mm -hmm. as far as I'm aware, was yourself. You came up with that because of your, I think it was because of your experience in sales and the way in which you took, you know, sales very methodically and analytical that you, you came up with that. And I think it was, a, I was very impressed because I've seen people saying, oh, you know, I've sent so many CVs, I've applied to f whatever, 40, 50 jobs and nothing. You know, it's just so depressing. And I've kind of been there myself, you know, you, nowadays the job market's very, very, um, competitive and it's, tough. it's, it's tough not easy right. because a lot of people don't right. write back and you have to right. put in energy to each application to, to really make sure that if they write back you know that you represented how you wanted to to that company and yeah. for that role mm. so it's it's mm. effort uh, and I, I was imp very impressed with the way you took that structured approach because did uh, I share that Excel file with you Nick I think you showed it to me, but I, 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 I think you showed it to me on your screen, but I, I remember you talking about it and I remember being very impressed because it gave you metrics, it gave you something to aim for, it gave you a, 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 you know, a purpose to structure your time as well while you were searching for those jobs. And I, It makes things tangible as well because then I know what I've done. I don't feel like after six months touch with if I don't have a job, that at least I know I've tried. Yeah. I think that when people tell me, um, oh, I just sent so many CV. Then I'll ask them how many, hmm. because some ha define how many, right? So some people say I've sent ten CV because I only look for job that I like. Hmm. Then maybe in this sort of climate, is don't just send CV that you like because it's 
what I know right now is that you are getting each job, you're getting hundreds of thousands CV. Mm -hmm. So if you're just sending out CV for the job that you like, when you go to the job, going and sending out a CV, an interview is just stage one. Mm -hmm. And my experience is that you go to interview, you don't want to be going to the interview that you, for your dream job, but then you do, you do really bad in the interview. So I always tell people just send CV and then you then, if people like your CV and then you go to the not so perfect job, then at least if you screw up the interview, you don't care so yeah. much. Yeah. And then you prepare for success. I think that's important. Yeah, I think, you know, it goes back to sort of define your wins. What is your win? Like, you know, and then what, what would what would count as wins, like smaller wins within that? And how do you structure your 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 strategy to to to, to sort of be able to execute and, and achieve those and, and like you just said i think being able to interview is good anyway right getting getting considered for jobs and i'm very grateful i like where i work a lot now i work for a windows company if anyone had asked me you know two years ago nick where do you where do you think you'll be working in two years time i would never in my wildest imagination have said i'll be working in business development for a windows company in norway where most people are speaking norwegian do you mean Microsoft Windows or you're working for actual Windows? Actual company? Windows. We we produce windows ah. and doors. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And, ah. and it's, it's a nice company and really nice people. But it's very Norwegian. The meetings, are, a lot of them are in Norwegian. So it's really tough in that way because I'm I'm not a Norwegian speaker yet. I'm getting there. But, it, you know, it's 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 very interesting. And I'm glad that I stayed open to, you know, interview with whoever, meet with whoever, find, like try exactly. and for, fortunately for me, you know, I met an ex EF colleague, Ollie Christian, who might listen to this one. He listens to most of the podcast and he, uh, he, Oh, Christian. Hello, Christian. I love you. You're amazing. Ollie Christian, his name is Ollie Christian. But yeah, he took me under his wing a little bit and said, you know, I think this could work. And, you know, I hopefully am delivering value for him. But it's 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 very interesting to me if you're not open to that. If I was just like, OK, I'm only going to I only want to work for international companies. I only want to apply to jobs which were very specifically interesting to me on on the on the web or whatever. I would never have found out yeah, about you just this. Point out one, you just point out one key thing is that you also win getting this job from one of your connections. Yeah, yeah. Right? I now work for Anders Lundholm. Uh, if Anders will listen to this. And I think that uh, Anders and I have been such a good friend for so many years. I see him as my brother. And um, he also took me to his wing, right? And, uh, mm. and I think that for people that go back to my first conversation is that being authentic. Because I, Anders and I also gone way back. We met like 10, 15, 10 years ago and he just know who I am. And then we develop a closer and closer bond. And, um, and he also see me change and develop as well. Yeah. And I think that uh, if I come in as pretending to be perfect KCY and flawless and not gay, blah, 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 then I don't think we'll be that close. And I don't think that we'll work, be working with him. Yeah. I think it's so important that the people listening to this is to just be who you are. But being who you are is one thing, but also have a structure. I think it's also very important, uh, whatever you do. I mean, you have been seen my flat. My flat is very tidy because I just want to make sure that my flat is tidy. If I don't feel organized in my flat, I just can't see myself being organized anywhere else. Yeah. Right. Sorry, I interrupt you again. Maybe. 
I'm writing be yourself but be structured I love that and uh, I, I'm going to probably put that as the tagline for the podcast I think Casey listen we, we should wrap up I could talk to you for hours and uh, maybe we will continue right. to talk after this because I love talking to you and I miss you but uh, I'm going to wrap I up the podcast now uh, thank you so much for spending the time talking to me and thank you for your honesty and your, your openness with the, with the conversation um, it's a pleasure Welcome. to talk to you Kate have you got anything you want to promote or anything you want to say any words of wisdom for people to, to end on uh, you, you, the floor is yours I, I wouldn't say I have anything that my wisdom but I think the one thing I share is that uh, this climate is tough right now I think that uh, whether you have a job or you don't have a job or you have a job that you're not enjoying at the moment I think stay positive is um, it's very important I think that uh, if you don't have a job I think this is a time for you it's a good time for you to actually have a break and I know it's difficult to say it when you don't actually have a job because I was not having a job for a few months. And But just really relax and enjoy what you can do, not doing a nine to five job because you will find a job eventually after this COVID saga finish. You will. Mm -hmm. I'm very comfortable and confident to tell people who listen to Build to Win because the fact that you listen to Build to Win, I think that you also want to win eventually. Um, so allow yourself to have a break. Uh, I allow myself to have a break. But when you're having a break, continue to connect with people. Uh, it's good to have friends, but also try to reach out to people. Have a thick skin. I think it's also very important. Because when you reach out to a people that you wanted to talk to, that you feel that they can help you, the worst answer that you can get is that they're just not interested to meet you, which is fine. Just move on to find a new person to talk to. And I, I think one quality that I have, I have really thick skin. I reach out to people to ask for help uh, because the worst case is that they would just say that I'm not interested in helping you. That, then you know that these are not your friends that you want to be with when you turn 60. But when people come help me, then, then you know that these are the good people that you, you really want to stick with, stick around. And if you're working at a job that you don't, you don't like, I think my, my feedback to you or my my comment would be at least do this because you're still getting paid and maybe start looking for a new job or when the situation comes down but i think that always try to look for positive sign my partner once told me that it will always be okay if this is not okay then it's not the end because mm -hmm. the end was always going to be okay i think that i really take that with me all the time is that i know that we all have our ups and down and um and I would be telling you that I my life is not that smooth, like just easy, happily, bubbly, gay, casey, white. I also have my ups and down. I share that with Nick uh, sometimes. Um, but I know eventually when you're being authentic, being yourself, then people will come help you. But you also need to reach out to people. And if this is not right at the moment, then you know that it will be all right. You just need to stick being positive and it will be okay. I don't think COVID is going to last for 10 years. I hope not. Uh, then eventually you'll be okay. And I really hope people who listen to this hang on, hang into it and then uh, just stay positive Excellent. and reach out to people. Excellent. Thank you so much, Casey. It's wonderful to see you again. You stay safe over there in Hong Kong and uh, big love to you. Love you, man. Thank right. you. Take care. Ciao. Bye. Bye. All right. I've stopped recording.